0: Betches Media presents. Ha ha! Laugh funny. Mention it all. A Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it with Dylan Hafer. we we'll go check, though. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and for today's episode, it's just me. We are going to be talking for the first time in a long time about Below Deck. I know, I know, some of you are big Below Deck fans, and I see your messages, I see your comments. I know you want me to talk about it, and there has been a lot of other stuff going on, but today we are going to get into this season of Below Deck Med. I have some of your thoughts and questions about this season that I am going to share, and I'm also going to share my thoughts because, of course, that's why we're here. But first I also asked for some of your questions on the Bravo by Betches Instagram account and you guys came through with some really interesting topics to talk about that we are going to get into. So it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag, but I feel like that is what we need sometimes. This is the first time in like 4 episodes that we're not talking about the Beverly Hills nightmare drama cyclone and, you know, I just am looking forward to not talking about Lisa Rinna and Diana Jenkins very much on this episode at all. So without further ado, let's get into some other miscellaneous topics that have been happening. First of all, we have to talk about the Vanderpump Rules cast and what has been going on over there. Because look, Vanderpump Rules, we are now stuck in this cycle where every season it's like, okay, I guess I guess we will give it one more try. These people have done me wrong these people have let me down but you know you can't go against the family as you know the kardashians would say and these people like it or not sort of feel like family last week as we know was sheena's wedding in cancun and you know the wedding the wedding looked nice sheena honestly it looked gorgeous brock was wearing some boots that i will try hard to forget about But the real drama has been happening on social media since the wedding, which let's face it with this group, that is unsurprising. But it's centering around whether Tom Schwartz and Raquel maybe hooked up at the wedding, which I don't know. Like I, I can't decide whether I think that this is something that's like some shade of being real or whether it's just chatter. Because earlier this year, there was a rumor that Tom Schwartz and Raquel hooked up at Coachella. I feel like it was like a Dumois thing or, you know, somebody was talking about it. And then Tom Schwartz wasn't even at Coachella. So it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this is truly just something that someone like invented in their brain. And then because of the way the internet works, it's like, all of a sudden it's like, but did they? And now this wedding rumor, it feels like it has like a better chance of being real because, you know, at least the two of them were, Physically in the same locale. But, like, I don't know. And I don't feel like I need to know. I don't feel like I need to decide whether I think it happened or not. But the drama, of course, has been sort of proliferating out from that, which led to a headline last week that was Katie Maloney seen screaming at ex Tom Schwartz and Raquel Levis after catching them, quote, heavily making out. Which, like, (laughs) I love the. The like specific words using so she's screaming at both Tom and Raquel after catching them heavily making out, like heavily making like okay okay, I mean good for them if it's true I guess but also like no don't don't do that I don't know I mean Tom and James are friends so that's weird and then like Raquel and Katie like aren't really friends but like I guess that's weird too but then Katie the thing is Katie was in Mexico during the wedding she was like in the vicinity of the wedding but she wasn't actually at the wedding and so someone commented on a post about this and they were like um how did this happen if katie wasn't at the wedding and brock surfaced in the comments like the you know sea snake that he is and said said that katie was disinvited from the wedding but quote rocked up anyway for a girl's trip (laughs) Which we know she was there with Christina Kelly, and they were just hanging out at the pool. And I I did a little digging and, you know, could surmise that they were at the same resort as Sheena's wedding. And I actually love that energy from Katie that she got disinvited from the wedding itself, but was like, Bravo already is paying for my hotel room and my flight. And I get to bring a guest. Why the fuck would I not just take the free trip to Cancun? Maybe she had to film, maybe she didn't. I don't know how all of that worked, but like. I would go on the trip to Mexico too. Like it's a big resort. You can you can steer clear of the drama if that's what you're aiming for. But Katie then commented on the same post that Brock commented on and said, I'm enjoying all the untruths with a popcorn emoji. So we don't really know what's happening with any of these people. We know that there's a lot of, you know, shit flying through the air. We know that they're filming. We know that it's probably gonna be a few months before we get any news about the new season. But, like, are we excited for Vanderpump Rules again? Like, it feels like when you, you know, when you, like, touch the the pan that's hot and you're like, ow, ow, okay, I shouldn't do that again. But then, like, your brain kind of forgets how bad it hurt. And then, like, a year later, you're in the kitchen and you, like, do it again. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't know how much that would hurt. And it's like, yes, you did. But you did it anyway. And I feel like that's what it's going to be like in... January or whatever, when Vanderpump Rules comes back. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like this season could be different. I feel like it could be good. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch it. Some of you guys ask in this question box on Instagram for various shows. You're like, if so and so, you know, if Lisa Rinna doesn't get fired, are you still going to watch Beverly Hills? I'm like, oh, fucking course, I'm going to watch Beverly Hills. First of all, first of all, okay. I mean, let's keep it 100. This is my job. I'm not like, (laughs) where, where am I going? But second of all, it's like, yeah, I'm going to watch. Like, do you know how much time we uh, collectively, you, me, everyone listening to this, do you know how much time we have invested in watching all these shows? I'm not just going to flush it down the drain because they didn't fire the person I wanted them to fire. This is a, you know, this is an, an investment, a commitment. We have, you know, taken a solemn vow, which what I mean, if you want to stop watching, go ahead, keep listening to the podcast, please. But, you know... It's like, yes, I will be watching. I will be watching Vanderpump Rules. I will be watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I will be watching all of it. But like, obviously, I would like it to be good if I'm going to watch it anyway. And so that's what I'm hoping for with Vanderpump Rules. Somebody also asked if I think I would want to see a Vanderpump Rules revival or reboot or what have you. And I got to say, I think a couple years ago, the answer might have been yes. The answer was yes. That's what I wanted at one point. But I think the ship has kind of sailed on that because I think when they went back after, after taking a year off for the pandemic, when they went back last year and they decided to kind of reinvest in Vanderpump Rules with a lot of the original cast, obviously, you know, Stassi and Kristen and Jax were gone. But when they decided to keep focusing on the same friend group, they they kind of chose that path over pick over prioritizing the restaurant narrative and bringing in like a new crop of servers. Of course, we had like you know, Charlie and Raquel still allegedly work at Sir. I think Charlie does work there, which like rough for her, but they they chose that. And so now I'm like if Vanderpump rules the way it is right now isn't working, then it's just time to like be done with it. At this point, it's been too long we've spent too much time. We've gone through too many iterations. Like I'm not coming back for like Vanderpump rules 6.0. Like that's it. You've had your chance. I'm not like loving Lisa Vanderpump so much that I'm like desperate for her to keep a show. Like it's, it's just like none of it really feels like it is (laughs) that important. So it's like, if this show has run its course, then it's time to just be done with the Vanderpump rules brand as, as sad as that might be. But you know, It is what it is. Flames to dust, lovers to friends, all good things come to an end. In the words of Nelly Furtado. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Uh, now I got to talk about this this TikTok rumor slash theory that I've been seeing uh, this week, which has truly just altered my brain chemistry in a way that I find extremely displeasing. And this rumor is that Andy Cohen might be gearing up to announce his retirement at BravoCon this fall. And then, th- so that's part one. And then part two of this theory is that the successor to Andy Cohen I can't even say this with a straight face the successor to Andy Cohen might be Craig Conover I, I like <laughs> truly where do you people come up with this stuff what like what is the what is like the, okay the 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 explanation of this theory is that like Andy I guess the only bravo people that Andy follows are like Craig and Austin or Craig and I don't even fucking care but it's like So you're extrapolating that for some reason, this has to mean that Craig is like the next in line to take over for Andy Cohen, which like doesn't make sense to me on any level. First of all, Andy Cohen and Craig Conover are not like comparable in terms of personalities. Yes, of course, Craig has been on like three different Bravo shows. They have given him a lot of chances, but like he's not like a personality in the same way that Andy is. And like to be a host and to be somebody who's kind of like a figurehead, you have to be really like just likable to a lot of different people. You have to hit, you know, this is like, maybe this is like industry jargon, but it's like, you have to hit the four quadrants. Like the Midwestern moms have to like you, the like younger audience has to like you that, you know, like people can't be threatened, but you know, like it just, you have to kind of hit all the boxes. And like, I don't see that for Craig, but then just on a logistical level, when you're talking about Andy retiring and somebody being named as the replacement, what are we actually talking about? Because Andy Cohen has several jobs. You have, first of all, he's still an executive producer on all of the Real Housewives shows, which is like eight or nine TV shows at this point. Like that is a lot of you know, a lot of stuff, even if he's not like, do, you know, going to work on that every day. He hosts his radio show. He hosts Watch What Happens Live. And then he also is doing all the reunions. Like all of these are separate things and they have separate contracts and they're through separate companies. You know, like Watch What Happens Live has a production company. Radio Andy is like a Sirius XM thing. Like all of this is not just like, you know, Bravo didn't just like hire Andy. Andy barely even works at Bravo. Like that's not how that works. So it's like, I don't think there would just be one successor because I don't think that person exists. I could see him making the decision to step back from some of the stuff that he's doing. Like, I think he probably will do that at some point. Maybe it'll be at BravoCon this year. But it's like, I don't think there's somebody that's just like waiting in the wings to like be the next Andy Cohen. Also, earlier this year, Watch What Happens Live was renewed for two years. So he, I mean, unless there's been some change since that was announced in January, He should be doing that until the end of 2023, at least. So I think it would be like too soon to even announce a successor. Also, who would that be? Craig's not doing Watch What Happens Live. Fuck that. Nobody wants that. I don't know. I guess it's fun to talk about, but it's like, no, mm -mm. I'm not giving credence to this. I don't think it's true. Even if he's retiring from something, I don't see Craig, you know, stepping up for that. Okay. The next thing that I got asked that I want to talk about, somebody asked if I am more excited for the new season of Potomac or Salt Lake City. Maybe even by the time you're listening to this, we have a trailer for one of them. I would, you know, hopefully it feels like it has to be this week. God, please let it be soon because we need, need something to talk about that's not as depressing as Beverly Hills right now. But okay. My answer to this is Potomac. Is Salt Lake City has been great for the two seasons that it's been on. I think it's very compelling. I am very much intrigued to see what happens next with Jen, how Meredith ends up becoming besties with Jen once again, given where they left off last season. But they just really, you can't compare Salt Lake City to Potomac. I mean, these women year in, year out, have been delivering solid seasons since the moment they stepped on this network. And I just have... I, I barely know anything that's going to happen this season. Aside from the Ashley finally single era, which I am very excited to see her looking her best, feeling her best, hopefully still acting a mess. I'm very excited to see that, but we don't know any of the other storylines. And I am excited about that because like a housewife season that is filmed in an atmosphere where not everybody is looking, I feel like is kind of magical. And I just have full faith that these women will deliver, there will be comedy, there will be drama, there might be tragedy. It's the full gamut of emotions. And with Salt Lake City, it's like, I know a little bit more what to expect and I am excited for it, but like, it's Potomac. They never disappoint. And if you're listening to this and you still haven't watched Potomac, I mean, get it together, please. Please. Okay, the one thing I am going to talk about with Beverly Hills, somebody asked if I think Denise Richards would ever come back. And I think the answer is yes. I think Denise, when she signed on for Housewives, I don't think she thought of it as like a short-term thing. I imagine that she looked at what Lisa Rinna had done on Housewives and was like, that looks like a great gig. You show up you know you already have the following so you're she was getting paid a lot from the moment she stepped on that show and she i imagine and of course i i don't i'm not inside of denise richard's head i'm not her agent i'm not telling her you know what this opportunity is but i imagine she thought it was going to be something where it's kind of easy you just show up you know once or twice a week for a few months you do some press you cash your check and it's like yeah i i'm still relevant now And obviously, Denise's second season on the show, she got more than she bargained for, and she couldn't quite take the heat. But the thing is, the reason I think that Denise might come back is because it's looking more and more like Lisa Rinna might not come back. And we've, you know, we've basically said that that's the reason that Denise wouldn't do the show now because of the way Lisa fucked her over. And so while I don't think it's like an obvious, you know, I don't think Denise is like waiting in the wings, going to come back the second Lisa's gone. But if Lisa is out of the picture, yeah, I think she might. I think she'd be open to it. I don't think she's that busy. Her kids are getting older. She could probably use the money. I don't know if like Aaron's (laughs) crystals or whatever he's doing. Conspiracy theories are raking in the cash. So yeah, let's get Denise back in here. I'm down. And then somebody asked for BravoCon tips, behind the scenes stuff, you know, what to know about going to BravoCon. I'm definitely going to talk more about this as we get closer to it because we are, I guess, like six weeks away, which, yay. If you're going to be at BravoCon, we will definitely see you there. I will be there. I can't wait to see everyone. Um, If you happen to see me at BravoCon, of course, please come up and say hello. I love meeting people out in the wild. Um, But the thing with BravoCon, having gone in 2019, it's the only time they've ever done it before. So it might be different this year. But the, one, the number one tip I would give, aside from bringing a portable phone charger and some comfortable shoes because it's a long ass day, once they release the daily schedules, plan ahead. Because in 2019, uh, there was just a lot going on. And it was like there were panels that the times were overlapping or, you know, there was a photo op going on at the same time as another panel. Or if you were doing one of the, like, Bravo brunch things, you know, it, it, there was a lot going on. And there's, there were different areas, different rooms, you know, not everything is in one spot. So like, if you really are trying to get the most out of your Bravo con experience, which I mean, these tickets aren't cheap. So I would imagine you are, you got to kind of be like the type a mom at Disney world where you're like, okay, we're going to show up 20 minutes before the park opens. And we have to go to expedition Everest to get our fast pass. And then we're going to go to this other ride that nobody likes because there's not going to be a line. So we can ride that six times in a row and that's six rides, right? And then by that time, it'll be time for Expedition Everest fast pass. And then the second we use that, we're going to get another fast pass for the, for the other thing. It's a little bit like that. So if you don't plan ahead, A, it'll be stressful and B, you, you might end up missing things that you really wish you hadn't missed. So like, there might be a producer panel that could be really cool. That's the same time as like a below deck thing. And like, maybe, maybe the below deck thing is like in the bigger room. And so you're like, Oh, that's like the main thing right now. But if you really want to hear like the producers, then like, obviously you should go to that. And it's just like everybody has their personal preferences. So I would say, you know, once they come out with the schedules, which hopefully will be, you know, a couple weeks before the event, at least, plan to sit down, spend a little time, maybe even, you know, this <laughs> this sounds extra. Maybe even print out the schedules, get your highlighter, maybe some some gold star stickers. You know, just make a little make a little plan. You won't regret it. And again, hope to see you all there. By using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's IBOTTA in the Google Player App Store and use code MENTION. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. I think we got to be about halfway. We got the mid-season trailer this week. They're doing the thing again, which I don't understand the strat. Like I don't, they don't do it for every show where they're putting the episode on Peacock a week early. And I'm like, I don't know. It makes it really hard to be like on this week's episode. We're talking like, because I'm talking about the episode that was on Bravo this week. So (laughs) if, if you're up to date with me, the episode that I just watched, the the like the gays are still on the yacht, they're finishing up their charter, and then they come out with them and party, and so it ends with like um what's his name? Frank and Kyle like making out. That's what we're talking about. I haven't seen whatever comes next. So if you're like, if you're one of those like eager beavers on Peacock, good for you. <laughs> good for you. I'll catch up. This season, I gotta say, I've been enjoying it. When I asked for your thoughts, I got kind of mixed responses. Because some of you are like, one of my favorite seasons, this cast is so strong, lots of great personalities, and then like, I'm I'm reading these messages off the paper. Boring so far. Um, Ideal crew. Feel slow. So slow. Miss last season's crew. You know, like... (laughs) We're really of two minds here, which I guess is good. You know, it's like, it's like a healthy, healthy disagreement, but oh, I'm enjoying it. I don't think it's the best season ever, but I do think it's a pretty good crew. And one, one thing that came up several times in your responses, which I think is accurate is that this feels like a redemption arc season for captain Sandy, because she's had, I think in, in terms of the fan favoritism, she's had some rough seasons dating back to when Hannah got fired and that whole mess. And I think this season they kind of gave Sandy a little bit of a slam dunk because they <laughs> cast Reagan, cast hired, I don't know what the operative word is here, but they put Reagan in there as the bosun and Reagan was just like the worst of the worst of the worst. Like you could not have, <laughs> I could have been a better bosun than Reagan because at least when, when Sandy asked me to do the schedule, I would have I done it. I might not have. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't know how to do it, but like, I would like do something. I would like make a move. Whereas Reagan's just like, oh, uh, 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 yeah, cap, okay, cap, okay, okay, captain, like, and so Reagan was the perfect sacrificial lamb, if you will, to put in front of Captain Sandy, where after one or two charters, she could be like, Reagan this isn't working. You got to get the fuck out of here. And it's firings are almost always kind of tough on below deck because you do form connections with these people. So it's hard to have a firing where everybody feels kind of like unanimous. But with Reagan, it was like, yeah, she had no choice. This girl sucked at her job. And so that was like an easy win for captain Sandy. Nobody would have issues with how that was handled. Great. And I do think this season, it's felt like she has eased up on the micromanaging a little bit, maybe, which, you know, that's always been a tough thing for me watching her. And so this season, I haven't really had an issue with Captain Sandy. Of course, she gets on my nerves sometimes, but it hasn't felt like there's been something where it was like, can this woman please just like go away? Can she get out of the kitchen? She can. Doesn't she have like a chart to read or something? Doesn't she like a I don't know. It's been better, I think. But I do think that part of that is because the crew, aside from the stuff with Reagan, this crew so far has been pretty self-sufficient. The stew crew at the beginning of the season, the interior, they were, you know, on a good wavelength, doing well. They didn't have anybody that was super green that was causing problems. Dave seems like quite a talented chef that Sandy actually gets along with, which like, I guess pigs are flying. And aside from Reagan, the deck crew all kind of are good enough, decent, you know. They're 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 getting it done. So Sandy hasn't really had that many reasons to kind of jump in and be getting up in people's business, but I do think given what we see in the mid-season trailer, this is likely going to change. We see kind of a resentment brewing in the interior where Kyle maybe isn't getting his work done as much as Natalia is, and that could cause problems. And then obviously um, on the deck crew with Storm in his new position as the bosun, he, and uh, is his name Jason? God, these people all Jason. I did write it down. We see Jason, (laughs) we see Jason and Storm really starting to have some disagreements with each other. And I see both sides of this. You you guys also seem to see both sides of it. Some of you think that um, Jason's uh, feelings about Storm's leadership are warranted. Some of you think that Jason needs to be fired. I kind of see both sides. I don't know. I do think Jason's being a little bit childish about the way he's going about it because at the end of the day, Storm is in charge. This is, you know, what has been decided and, you know, you kind of just kind of go with it. And so when he's taking like a 45 minute break when it was supposed to be a 15, that's where it's kind of like you got to brew. You got to just get out there on the deck and do your thing and don't argue about dumb stuff like don't make mountains out of molehills and just like get it done. I know it's frustrating. And Courtney and Z are just like there trying to do their work. Like, I love having Courtney and Z back. That's like a fun dynamic. I love that they have like a little bit of a flirty thing going on, but like it doesn't really feel like anything is going to happen. And for that reason, we don't have to worry so much about toxicity from them because, oh boy, are we getting enough of the toxicity from Natasha and Dave? Oh, Lord. This, This dynamic has really been draining to watch, honestly, because at the beginning of the season, it was like, oh, secret romance. They're not telling anybody that they're a couple, but like, obviously they are. And then just a few short episodes into the season, this whole thing exploded. Obviously, those texts were like so rough that Dave was sending to Natasha. I totally understand why she basically had to end things. They switched the cabins around so they weren't together. All of that. Yeah, great. Since then, honestly, it has been tough to watch because I don't... The Yes, the heart wants what it wants, but the situation with Natasha and her former ex, now current, again, boyfriend, is just like, oh, sweetie. Oh, girl, you gotta... No, don't do that. It feels like she, because things went left with Dave, she has immediately kind of just retreated back to this relationship she was in before. And while we don't have all the details about this relationship, maybe it was great. Maybe this guy is super nice. But like, then why'd you cheat on him with Dave? Why'd you leave him for this dude, other dude? Like, there has to be a reason. Like, you don't, there has to be a reason there. Like, it's not just like, oh, well, I was feeling bored with my relationship, so I decided to get with Dave. Like, can we examine the thought process there and why you took him back so immediately? And then based on these texts, ma'am, this this guy is no is not like a prize to be won either. He has some big issue that you're still on the boat working with Dave. I am so sick on these shows of the uh, the long distance people getting jealous of the fact that you are at work with other people. I know it's like awkward. Of course, Natasha feels awkward too. She doesn't want to be like standing there making coffee while Dave is awkwardly off to the side, you know, chopping vegetables. Nobody wants that. But like, you're at work. She's not going to quit her job halfway through the season because you're like whining about her working with a dude. I, I like I get that. It's probably not a good situation for anyone involved, but that's why I think that they probably just shouldn't be together. Like, right. You're all doing long distance. Anyway, it's either a boat manse or it's long distance. And let me break it to you. Neither of those are going to work out. So just cut your losses now. Be single. There's like four charters left in the season. I promise it'll be okay. (laughs) You guys had some of the funniest responses about Natasha and Dave. And (laughs) somebody said the amount of times Tash and her BF misuse the wrong form of your in their texts is criminal. And this is the petty viewing experience that I really like to see because we are seeing so much of their text messages, which first of all, I don't love on Below Deck when we over rely on the text messages like speak. I need you to talk, get on the phone, put them on speaker, FaceTime. That would be amazing. But it's like so much story, so much plot is happening in these messages flashing up on the screen. And I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to multitask. I'm trying to have below deck med on while I'm cleaning my apartment. I'm trying to have below deck med on while I'm, you know, half paying attention to some other work I need to get done. The plot can't be happening in the text messages, people. Come on. That's, (laughs) this is a background show. And if you're making me read, it's a background show, you know, like speak it, you know, maybe do a voice to text. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. (laughs) Somebody said, I can't listen to Natasha's voice, parentheses, Shrek vibes. And she totally led Dave on. (laughs) You guys, her uh, Shrek vibes. I don't even think she's from Scotland. And Shrek is Scottish, right? I don't know. I am. I do. God, Below Deck is just like a feast for my ears because of the accents. And that's all. I don't want to read. I want to hear the like South African accents and the British accents and the Australian accents. Like, I want to hear all of you speaking like uh, this uh, when they're like, oh, are you from Australia? And he's like, no, I'm from South Africa. I'm like, yes. Talk about the, the brew crew. Yeah, like the accents. Oh, God. I could listen all day. <laughs> and somebody, the last one, somebody just said, Oh, Dave, in my Natasha accent, facepalm, facepalm, facepalm. Oh, Dave. She's just, Oh, God, Natasha, I feel for her, but also like, <sighs> you guys seem to have a little bit of a split decision also on whether Natasha is the toxic one or whether Dave is the toxic one. And I would just, I would put forward, perhaps that both of them are the toxic one because, um, that's what I see in this relationship. And I, I mean, of course, you know, there's certain instances in which one is more toxic than the other, but it's like, I'm kind of team neither, you know, I'm kind of team go your separate ways. And I, I think the faster that they can fully just get on board with that, you know, like we don't need them to be hugging and making up. We don't need them to be cordial. We All we need is to get the food to the table. And the faster, the faster we can all get on board with that, the better this season will go. You know? I guess the last thing I'll say, with Kyle and Frank, it was very sweet, of course, but I kind of just need with the unprofessionalism and the flirting with the guest, if you're going to spend the whole charter flirting with the guest that you know, isn't appropriate, just fuck already. Like it, uh, like, I mean, whatever. I I guess that's like a more of a line, but it's like, if you're going to make us watch like two full episodes of you being like, Oh, he's so nice to me. And I want, I want to see him after this ends. It's like, just go in the guest bedroom and like, get it on. And if you get fired, You will at least you will always be remembered in the Below Deck universe because that would be iconic. Instead, we just see them like running for each other outside the bar, and it's like, oh god. He's saying, "I love you." They met three days ago. He's like, "I I I want to travel the world with you," and it's like, (laughs) like I I want it now. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. But I have been enjoying this season. Let me know. Your thoughts about Below Deck Med. If you want to hear me talk about it more, we can try to make that happen. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow, of course. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at BravoByBetches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot Social media by Dylan Hafer Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander Be sure to follow at Bravo by on Instagram and Twitter Betches.